Amen. Amen. Yeah. You can go to d1naz.com or .org or just look up Decatur First Church of the Nazarene and uh, they have their streaming uh, services there as well. You could probably find the link as well to the Illinois District page that will show those services as well. It was a great time, an incredible time, uh, a tiring time, uh, but it was uh, a blessing for sure. Mark 6 is where we're going to be today, uh, beginning this, um, this uh, cross-point series to finish out our summer. Uh, we're going to be looking at uh, some different passages throughout Scripture uh, as the different intersections take place. And I'm going to be providing you some guides in the coming weeks uh, as we continue down this, this journey. More, more details to come, as I like to say. Uh, so be looking for some of those guides and help, helps as we go. I want to invite you, if you would, to stand with me for the reading of God's Word from Mark chapter 6 this morning. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. You follow along as I read. Mark 6 Verse 30, the apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told him all they had done and taught. Then Jesus said, go off by yourselves. Let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. So they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone But many people recognized them and saw them leaving, and people from many towns ran ahead along the shore and got there ahead of them. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the nearby farms and villages and buy something to eat. But Jesus said, you feed them. With what, they asked. We'd have to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for all these people. How much bread do you have, he asked. Go and find out. They came back and reported, we have five loaves of bread and two fish. Then Jesus told the disciples, to have the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of 50 or 100. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish. He looked up towards heaven, blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. He also divided the fish for everyone to share. They all ate as much as they wanted. And afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftover bread and fish. A total of 5,000 men and their families were fed. This is the word of the Lord for us today. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. How many of you this morning have just come to a place in, in your life at some point and you just realize, I need to rest? Would you just raise your hand? You ever felt like, I just need to rest? Now, you may get to rest or you may not get to rest, but have you ever just felt like, I've come to a place, I'm just so weary, I'm so tired, I've been through so much, I just need to rest? You see, I believe that's where the disciples were at this moment. This is where we pick up the story of what we just read today. But if we're really to understand why it starts with rest, we need to look back a little bit 
to what has just happened. And so if you just turn a little bit back in your Bible, actually in the same chapter March of Mark 6, go up a few verses to, to verse 6, and we see what's happened as to why the disciples are so tired. Let me read that for us this morning. Then Jesus went from, a villi- from village to village teaching the people. And he called his 12 disciples together and began sending them out two by two, giving them authority to cast out evil spirits. He told them to take nothing for their journey except a walking stick, no food, no traveler's bag, no money. He allowed them to wear sandals, but not to take a change of clothes. Wherever you go, he said, stay in the same house until you leave the town. But if any place refuses to welcome you or listen to you, shake its dust from your feet as you leave to show that you have abandoned those people to their fate. So the disciples went out, telling everyone they met to repent of their sins and turn to God. And they cast out many demons and healed many sick people, anointing them with oil. So we see what's happened here. They were doing the work of the Lord. The Lord Jesus had spent time teaching His disciples everything that He needed to teach them of how to do His work, how to heal, why they needed to be able to cast out demons, how they were able to minister to the needy and the sick, and how they were to anoint and pray over people. And you might think, you know, we were able to anoint Garrett this morning. You think, you know what, you're just taking some oil and rubbing it on his head and praying. That's no big deal. I could do that. Yeah, you're probably right. You could. And you probably should do that, um, to be quite honest. But it's one of those things that Scripture reminds us and, and calls us to. If you need prayer, go ask the elders to anoint you and pray over you. So it's in there. It's all there. And so the disciples are being trained. They're being discipled. They're being taught how to do the work of the Lord. And so they begin to do the work of the Lord. And Jesus says to them at this point in time in their journey, now it's your turn. It's your turn. I can't do it all. There's 12 of you. Let's send you out. I'm not going to send you alone. I love this. (laughs) Uh, I love this because the journey of grace that we are all on is a very individual journey, but it's never meant to live in isolation. So Jesus knows this, and Jesus sends them out two by two, and he says to them, you go two by two and begin to do this work. You see, Jesus went from village to village teaching the people, and he sends them out in the same way. And you might think, well, this is just one day. He just sends them out. They just go and do this thing. They lay hands on people. He probably had a, a demon-possessed person waiting in the wings kind of set up for him. You know, that's, that's really how this works, right? It's just all show. Yeah? Good. Nobody's awake yet. So, um, But no, it's a journey. He warns them. He says to them, Don't take anything with you but a walking stick. They went from town to town, village to village, walking. So I guarantee you, if you, I don't have a map to show you, but if you go and look up the map in your Bible or somewhere else, uh, you can see that just walking was going to take some time. And it was going to take them days to get where they needed to go. And as they got there, he reminds them, go into a home where the Spirit will reveal to you that home. Stay there welcome them, give them my grace, and if they welcome you and receive that, stay there as long as you're welcome. That's really cool. Because that means that he knows what's there. 
He knows what's needed. And as, as they go, they begin to go out. They, he says, don't take anything with you. Don't pack any food, any money, or a traveler's bag. I think, why is he doing this? If he's calling us to do his work, why would he not want us to be prepared? Why would he not want us to take what we know we need? And the reason, the simple reason is this. He wanted his disciples to continue to trust that he would provide. Jesus warns them to stay in the same house as long as they're welcome. And if they're not welcome, then shake the dust off and go somewhere else where they are. Why does he do that? Sometimes we think about this in the church, and I think we get this backwards. And this is, this is just my interpretation of this. We think there's, we, it is our job to save everybody. And we, we love everybody, and the Bible says that it's God's desire that no one will perish. And we take that personally, and we say, well, then we can't let anybody go. And I'm here to tell you as a pastor, that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, if they are not welcoming of your message, if they are not doing it, guess what? I've got somebody else that's ready. Shake the dust off, quit wasting your time with unfruitful conversations, and go find somebody that needs me. So many times I think we get it backwards in the church where we spend so much time and so much agony and so much despair and it frustrates, we lose sleep over it when people just won't get it and we sit here and think it's my job to make sure they get it. No, it may not be your job. Shake the dust off. Go on to the next because there's somebody else that will receive it. There's somebody else that will welcome it. In other words, I believe Jesus was saying to his disciples, go and work hard. Tell as many people as possible about Jesus and how he can save them from their sins. And if it's not welcomed, move on because there's somebody else. Don't waste your time with unfruitful conversations. Well, pastor, that's just mean. No, God has you to reach somebody else. It may not be them. The Bible tells us that there's some that are to plant, some that are to water, some that are to nurture, and some that will reap the harvest. Maybe you won't reap the harvest for all the work that you're doing for the Lord. That may sound discouraging to some of us, but I'm here to tell you, if you're being obedient, God will continue to provide. Amen? He will continue to provide. Verse 12 and 13, they went out telling everyone they met, to repent and turn to God. They cast out demons and healed many people and anointed them with oil. I want to tell you this morning from experience, that is tiring work. It's emotionally, spiritually, and physically draining. And they were sent out to do this work. And they did it. And they did it well. And they did it for a while. And they continued to go on. And then we pick it up in, verses in verse 30. The apostles, the sent ones, returned to Jesus from their ministry tour, and they told him all that they had done and all that they had taught. And I can just imagine Jesus as their proud teacher welcomes them back in and says, wow, great job, good work, you did it. Now, I know what you've been through, so here's what we need to do. And Jesus says to them, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. <coughs> Excuse me. You see, doing the Lord's work is tiring, but Jesus knows exactly what you're going through and what you need. 
Sometimes you just need to get alone with Jesus and be still. To rest in his presence. To enjoy his, his presence and his love so that he can fill you back up again. I don't know. That's really the design by what we designed Wednesday nights to be. We know what the week is about when we're out there in the world and we're out there in the darkness and we're trying to be the light and we're trying to do the things that God's called us to do. And then we get drained. We get tired. We get weary. So we've created this environment, this atmosphere to say, come in here. Let's be filled again with his power and his presence. Amen? Jesus knows exactly what you're going through and what you need. He says, you know what? We need to go and rest. You've been through a lot. So they get in a boat. They start to go off on this boat, but people start seeing them. You see, the crowds are starting to come. People, here's the deal, guys. This is really cool. And, and Anel kind of touched on it if you were able to hear what she said. This week at District Assembly, there was, we introduced all the new pastors to all the churches that have filled new churches in the last two years since we weren't able to have District Assembly last year. So last year and this year. And the entire front line of Decatur First Church of the Nazarene was filled with pastoral couples. Um, the, the general superintendent knows exactly what that means, and he got up and he said, you know what, if I saw this crowd before, I would look at my DS and think, you need to rest. This is tough work. But there's been people that have said yes to the call to do what God's called them to do. And on our district, right here in Illinois, people are saying yes to reaching new people. And I'm here to tell you that when we begin to say yes to God and we begin to do His work, it will be contagious. People will want it. Look around here. Look around. Just do it. Just, I give you permission. Look at your neighbor. Look around. Look up in the balcony if you can see up in the balcony. There's people that need you to be contagious. There's still space here is what I'm getting at. There's still people out there that don't know what we have in here. And it's our job to do the tiring work that says Jesus will save you. Jesus can help you. Jesus can bring you new life. And when we get it and we get contagious, even when we're tired, even when we're hangry like the disciples were. Jesus knows just what you need. So they go down the boat, but the crowds see them, and the crowds are like, you guys aren't done. Don't leave. Don't leave. I want that. And they run around the shoreline to where they're going. I can just imagine that Jesus saw what was going on. As they get to the other shoreline, verse 34, it says, Jesus saw the huge crowd, and he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them. Because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. <laughs> Have you ever been in the need of compassion? Have you ever needed somebody to show you grace and mercy? You see, I think Jesus knew exactly what his disciples needed. They needed rest. They were weary. So you notice when he gets off to the shore, he doesn't send them out again. He doesn't say, hey, go be compassionate to these people. No, he gets out and does it because he realizes the need of his people as well. He knows his disciples, his close friends, his, his workers, his co-laborers are tired and weary. And so Jesus gets out and shows compassion on the people. 
You see, doing the work of the Lord is tiring. And the, the, real, the really cool thing is that Jesus knows exactly what we need. He knows what we're going through. But there's also times that we have to realize that when it comes to doing the Lord's work, sometimes there's no one else to do it but you. Verse 35 and 36, as we continue in this story, it's starting to get later in the day. The disciples have not yet eaten. How do you know that? Well, verse 31 says they have not eaten yet. The people have come from so far away from their homes without preparing beforehand. Why? Because they're running after what they want in Jesus. They're not prepared. They're not going to plan a picnic or some fellowship dinner at the family center that we give you so much time to prepare for. They're just going because they want to be there. Have you ever just gotten in the car and gone? At some point, you're going to have to stop and get gas. Or you just leave your car, I guess. That's something Daryl shared with us last week, that they just had to leave a bus in the middle of a river. Wow, hello. I don't want to do that. So we go, we don't, we don't prepare, we just get in the car, we go, we drive, we run out of gas, well, then we got to go get gas. You see, there's no preparation for these people, they just went. So it gets late in the day, they're hungry. The disciples come to Jesus and say, you better uh, send them away so they can go eat, they can go find food. Again, I think the disciples' intentions were good. It showed some compassion, but I wonder if they were just really tired and hungry themselves. Jesus, can we be done for the day? Can we clock out? We need some rest. Can we go back on the boat and lay down? I've heard you had a pillow on there somewhere. Can we go and use it and get some rest? And Jesus says to them, I know you're tired. I know you're weary. They say, send the crowds away. We don't want to feed them. Last night we got home from district assembly later than I thought, and that's okay. Kids camp starts tomorrow. For those of you that have kids and grandkids, make sure that you're here on time to leave. You don't want to miss that time. Those of you that don't know Pastor Alicia, she's going. So we just came from assemblies. We got home, threw some laundry in the, in the, uh, I'm tired. The laundry machine, yeah, that's the washer and dryer. And uh, <laughs> thank you, Lord, for helping me, uh, Lord. Uh, so it's, it's getting to be about that time. And normally, you know, as adults, there's times when you're just not feeling. Uh, there's times I don't feel hungry when it's time to eat. And so I'm just like, I don't really need to eat. But God's blessed us with kids, amen, and they like to eat. And so it's time to eat. I said to Alicia, my wonderful bride, who it's not her job to feed us. It's not her job to make all the plans. I said, what are you thinking? <laughs> oh, hey, she still let me sleep in bed last night, so that's good. Um, I said, we'll do whatever. I know it's long. I know we're tired. Let's just make it easy. So there's times when we just want to make it easy. We just want to check it off the box, check off the box, check it off the list and get it done. You see, they're tired and they're weary and they're saying, Jesus, just send them home. We don't want to cook for these people tonight. Jesus knows exactly what we need to do, though. And he says, send them away, Jesus. They need to go buy food. They need to go take care of their families. 
But Jesus said to them in verse 37, you feed them. You see, Jesus knows exactly what we need to do. You feed them. You figure this out. You've just spent some significant time trusting God to meet your every single need. You've been on this ministry tour and every single need has been met by our God. Now you're worried about food? You just spent time in the presence of God the provider. And today, I know you're struggling, but I want you to realize that God is still in control even when you're tired. Jesus hears the excuses. They begin to come from his disciples. We don't have enough money, Jesus. We'd have to work for months to find enough money to feed these people. And he says, how much bread do you have? Go and find out. I don't think Jesus meant, you know what? Why don't you just take a survey, have everybody raise their hand if they have food? No, they had to go around and talk to these people. Have relational conversation with them. Did you bring any food with you? Are you okay? Is there something we can help you with? They begin caring for one another again. Go and find out. Organize the people so that we can meet the needs of the people. I just want to add a little side note here. This is confirmation to me that our God is not a God of chaos. He is a God of control. He is a God who is in in control. And He is a God who has a plan. Amen? And he says to his disciples, organize them in groups of 50 or 100. <clears throat> I don't think that was just so they could get a head count. I think it was because God had a purpose for that. God is not a God of chaos and confusion. He knows exactly what we need to do. And sometimes I think that God brings order to our lives and our situations that we're in, not for others, but for our own sanity. He knew his disciples were tired. He knew they were weary. If they're trying to feed a group of 5,000 as one group, it's going to be almost impossible. But he says to them, break it down. 50, 100, 50, 100, 50, 100. You can handle this. You can handle those people. And God continues to make a way. You see, the people were just eager to see and hear Jesus. The disciples were tired. They were hungry. They needed the order. They probably needed the order more than the crowd did. And now it's set up for a miracle. Now we're set up for what God is going to do. Verses 41 through 44. Let's read it again. Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish. He looked up towards heaven and he blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. He also divided the fish for everyone to share. They all ate as much as they wanted. And afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftover bread and fish, a total of 5,000 men and their families were fed. Jesus took the bread that they'd collected. He looked up to heaven to his Father, to his Abba, and he said, thank you. He blessed the food. Then he began to break the bread and feed the people. You see, he didn't break the bread, set up this long buffet, and have them come get it. 
He broke the bread and he gave it to the disciples and he said, you feed them. You serve them. You meet their need. And as he continued to break the bread, he continued to distribute the food. The food never ran out. Wow. They all ate as much as they wanted. Have you ever gone to eat at somebody's house and they're trying to bless you and they're trying to take care of you, but they haven't fixed enough food? They don't know what you've been through that day. They don't know how many demons you've cast out or how many people you've prayed with or anointed with oil. And they give you some peanut butter and jelly and you think, I hope there's seconds. Jesus says they ate until they had as much as they wanted. You see, the food met the physical need. And this is usually a need that must be met. In many of the miracles that Jesus did, he performs a miracle that meets a physical need. And we focus on that. But the disciples received a miracle as well. The disciples received a miracle and a reminder that God is still in control. Verse 43, and afterward the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftover bread and fish. You know, they weren't just walking around to the grassy areas where the 50s and the 100 and the 50 and the 100 were and start brushing the crumbs away. They weren't cleaning up tables and wiping things down and doing the dishes. No, they picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. Let me ask you a question. How many disciples were there? Twelve, right? Do you think that's a coincidence? Jesus does this miracle that feeds over 5,000 men, not to mention all the family that was there. Some scholars say there was up to fifteen to 20,000 people there. And he feeds them all, and there's 12 baskets left over. Do you think that Jesus turned around to his disciples and said, Ha ha, I told you so. No. He had compassion on them. They were hungry. They had just done the work of their Lord. They were tired. They were weary. He said, guys, guess what? Here's a whole basket for you. I have your need right here. I will feed you. I will provide for you. When it seems like nobody else will do the job, when no one else can go and feed 5,000 men, you're going to do it. And guess what? God will provide for you as well. My question to us today is, do you believe God knows what you need today? I would almost guarantee that every one of us has walked into this place today with a need on our heart and in our life. We have something that we're praying about. We have something that we're agonizing over, something that may keep us up at night. And God knows exactly what you need. Maybe you're tired today. Maybe, maybe life has just engulfed you lately. I want to tell you something today. It may sound like a discouragement, but I intend for it to be a positive thing. Just bear with me for a minute. Following Christ... 
God never promised that our life would be easy. Following Christ doesn't mean that everything is going to make it smooth sailing and it'll be easy and you won't have any more problems in your life. That's not the promise of following Christ. When you're tired, when you're hungry, when life engulfs you, God knows right where you are. When you're maxed out, when you have nothing left to give, when you don't want to cook for another person, you don't want to make another phone call, you don't want to say another prayer, God knows exactly what you need. Sometimes, though, the provision is to send you back into the battle. Even when you're tired and weary. (laughs) Where are you today? What are you going through? What are you facing that you need to depend on God to provide for your needs? (laughs) You may be doing good work. You may be maxing out. But I'm here to tell you that sometimes we come to a place in our life where there's still no one else to do the work. There's still no one else to pick up the ball and run. And so even when we're tired, even when we're weary, even when we're hungry, God's saying, I know where you're at, but I still need you. So the reason I say this today is that sometimes I think we get into that place in the church and in ministry doing God's work where we use the excuse of not there's not enough money, not that there's not enough food to feed everybody, but we use the excuse of, I've already done it. I've already served my time. I've already put in my work. It's time for me to rest and watch everybody else. Send them away so that somebody else can feed them. Send them away so that they can feed themselves. Send them away, God, because I don't want to cook for anyone anymore. Jesus looks at us and says to us sometimes in those moments, no one else will do it. You do it. You find out how much bread's there. You find out where they're, if they're hungry. You find out how many people there are. You go and do the work and trust God to provide the results. I know you're tired. I know you're weary. I know we're at the middle of summer and things are starting to ramp up to get ready for school and get ready for the fall and, and, and even finishing out the summer. I mean, we've been talking about Backyard Bible Club for a year. Somebody say amen. amen. Thank you. You're still awake. We're, we're two weeks, less than two weeks away from Backyard Bible Club starting. Amen? <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Ten days away. We're ten days away from kids coming into backyards and into communities where they're going to feel and understand and experience the love and the presence and the power of Jesus Christ in their life. I'm so excited for that, but guess what? I'm tired. I'm hungry. And I know you are too. But I believe that God's saying to us today, 
I still need you to do the work. I still need you to do the work. I will provide. I will take care of it. I will give you strength. I will renew you. I will feed my sheep. I just need you to do the work. So, you know what's coming. I went out there today and was praying over those sign-up sheets. We're 10 days away, and maybe you've waited just to see who else is going to do it. Guess what? No one else will do it. No one else will do it. God's waiting on you to do the work. He will provide. He will take care of it. And I know that in two weeks, we're going to come together and we're going to celebrate what God has done. Amen? God is going to feed the 5,000 in Pike County. Amen? He's going to do it. And I believe he will do it through us because we're faithful that even when we're tired, even when we're weary, even when we're hungry, he says, you feed them. You do it. So it's our job. To feed the sheep. It's our job to do the work. It's our job to go and cast out demons. It's our job to lay our hands on the sick and pray for them. It's our job to anoint with oil and to pray and to help people realize that Jesus is all they ever need. And I'm here to tell you something. There's some pretty crazy and wild kids around our area, right? I don't work well with kids. God didn't call me to children's ministry. Uh, And I know some of you are in the same boat. I know that. But God says, I know right where you're at. I know right where you need, what you need. And I will provide. Will you trust me? Will you trust me? Would you stand with me this morning? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I'm not going to ask you to come to the altar this morning and repent. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand and tell me that you're going to give your life to all that God wants you to do. I'm not going to ask you to that because I believe that God is working in your heart right now, right where you're at. I believe He gave me this message for just this reason, to remind us that He will provide Will you trust him today? I don't have time, Pastor. I'm busy. I I have so much going on. He will provide. I'm tired. I'm weary. I need food. I need rest. He will provide. He will give it to you. He will take care of you. He will meet your need because he knows right where you're at. But he's also reminding you, no one else will do it. Will you do it for him? Father God, we come in this moment. We surrender our lives. We surrender our will to you right now. God, I trust you today. I trust you today and every day with my life. And I pray, Lord, that PCN as a body of Christ can be truly that. Can we become contagious that people want what we have? So even in the midst of being tired and weary and hungry, Would you help us, Lord, to continue to do the work? To continue to trust you to do the miracle. All we have to do 
is to do the work. God, thank you for the truth of your word today. Thank you that it speaks to our hearts. I pray that you would help us to not just be hearers and so deceive ourselves, but give us courage today, Lord, to obey it and do what it says. We love you today. We give you praise and thanks for what you're going to do. And we pray, Lord, for every child, every worker that's going to kids camp tomorrow, that you would bless them, that you would anoint them, that they would experience and encounter a living God that will change their life forever. And as they come back from kids camp, tired and weary, they will go to Backyard Bible Club and they will rejoice because you are contagious. God, would revival break out in our kids, in our teens, in our adults through what you're doing in our lives when we say yes to you. God, help us to do the work. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you. Have a great day.